Alexis. Yes, ma'am. Holy pop culture references. <laughs> holy pop culture references that I didn't even understand. You, you, you got most of them. I promise. Yeah. Like, I, I promise. I think there were like, there were a number that I caught, but there were so many times where I was like, that's a pop culture reference. No idea what that was. And guess what? Okay. I didn't take the time to look them up. If the pop culture reference is a sports ball reference that isn't from literally the late 90s <laughs> and involve Michael Jordan, <laughs> I think we get a pass. Because, yeah, honestly, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this uh, Sunday at church, our preacher referenced Remember the Titans. And he did this like, okay, so that's a sports movie that I like to watch. He, of he course, did this we're like gonna know that one. general recap of it. And as he was doing the general recap, my husband kept leaning over to me and going, that's not right. That's not right. Like he, he said that one of the guys was an all-American so- or an all-American football player. And Drew was like, you don't have all-American football players in high school. It would have been all state. And then it was, um, oh, his, he was an offensive lineman. He wasn't an offensive lineman. He was a de- defensive tackle. And I was just like, Drew, shut up. <laughs> we got the point. <laughs> but it's really taking him out of the story. Yeah, yeah. We, we walked out and I was like, I really like this sermon today. And Drew goes, I had some issues with his reference to Remember the Titans. And I was like, of course you did. Of course you did. Only because it was factually incorrect (laughs) in in the in the context it made a lot of sense though right i gotcha i gotcha should we start the show it's showtime this is to the the blueberry. blueberry I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. This is a best friend duo real-life podcast. Yes? We're going with it. (laughs) We'll take it. Where we rewatch our favorite show, Psych. We decided a while ago that we needed a good reason to talk to one another, although we haven't for a few weeks because life has been happening. But we're trying to talk (laughs) to each other every week, and talking about our favorite show is an easy way to do it. This week, we're on... Season 3... Episode 13, any given Friday night at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Okay, so there's a there's a lot to unpack in this title. So much. So we this isn't the first time we've gotten a day of the week in the title. And I, if I'm not mistaken, the last time we got one, it made reference to the fact that the show started out on a certain night of the week. Mm-hmm. And then because it was sort of hitting its stride, they switched them to Fridays, which is like a primo spot. Mm-hmm. And so, number one, it's making reference to Psych being on at Friday, probably at Friday 10, night at not? 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central, in fact. <laughs> because Monk was on at 9. I remember that clearly. Ooh, quick interruption. Yes. The Monk movie? Did, are you the one that texted me? You did. You were the one who texted me about I did. that. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> I think Monk owes so much to the fact that Psych is doing its movies and continues Mm -hmm. to. And I'm very excited. I I haven't revisited Monk in forever, but I'm I'm excited. I catch myself watching it on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, like on Sunday mornings while I'm getting ready for church or whatever. And um, I am intrigued to see what they're going to do about Sharona. Because Sharona and... Uh, you know what? That's a different podcast for a different day. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a put a stop to that. Uh, maybe next we'll do a monk podcast. Ooh, I'd be down. We'll put a pin um, in that. <laughs> pin in that. Okay, back to the title. Um, <laughs> it, it's a football episode, and it's very clearly a Friday Night Lights reference in the title as well. For sure. As well as an any given Sunday reference another football so is that any given sunday a football movie yes it's pacino and jamie fox got it okay that's what uh, I was amongst wondering. others but oh it's definitely as far as i mean there are sports ball movies that are definitely worth the watch and i i, I do think any given sunday is one of them remember the titans is one of them mm-hmm. you know what i mean agreed and that's just the title alone you guys <laughs> so that's uh... <laughs> 
Not one, not two, but three pop culture references simply in the title. And then ooh, we start our episode, as we so often do, in a flashback to 1987. Little baby Sean is standing inside what looks to be like some sort of arena, and he's wearing a football jersey with Winslow on the back of it. Number 15. We hear an announcer um, doing voiceover, and we are at the Thunderdome with Sammy Winslow and the T-Birds. Okay, okay. (laughs) Thunderdome and T-Birds? Are you kidding me with this? So many pop culture references. And he says, yet another heartbreaker. Um, So they've lost the game. We have baby Sean and Henry at the stadium. And they are, they're back in the tunnels, right? Where the, where the players will be heading back to their locker rooms. And uh, Henry's like, why, why do you like this guy so much? He wants, he wants a signature from Sammy. And he's, and Henry's like, I'm, I'm just as cool as Sammy. Dad, you don't understand. I need to get his autograph. He's so cool. He's way cooler than you. In comes Sammy and Henry's like, hey, good game. And uh, Sammy ignores him. That's Sammy Winslow, whose jersey little baby Sean is wearing. Actually, baby's, baby Sean, like, super cannot speak. Like, he just lets him walk on by. And as he's, like, heading out of sight, like, he's turned the corner. He goes, hey, do you want to know why you threw that interception in the third quarter? <laughs> Sean got Sammy's attention and told him that he has a ritual about when he's going to throw the ball to the left side and that's why he's been getting picked so much this this season yes when he's going to quick pass to the left he rubs his hands and pats the ball twice and Henry <laughs> says he, don't mind him he's a perceptive little pain in the butt <laughs> Sammy's like Okay, and kind of walks away, and then he turns back around, and he gives little baby Sean the game ball. Like, he doesn't get his autograph, but he gets the game Uh, ball. ball. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Also, I'm a little bit confused how he got the game ball if they lost. And he threw an interception. No, okay, that was my question as well. But it doesn't matter, because he's got the game ball. (laughs) All right, so we're in present day, and uh, Lassiter is mad. They have called Sean and Gus 12 times and left them 12 voicemails and they have not come to help. I'm sorry. It was our biannual Radon Chong uh, movie marathon. Did you see Quest for Fire? Oh, I'm pretty sure she won an award or it was at least nominated for big time awards for that role. (laughs) Sean's face is just like confusion. And he's like, did Lassie just catch us in a lie? I didn't think it was like catch us in a lie. It was like... Lassie knows anything? (laughs) (laughs) Jules walks up and says, Chief is super not happy with you guys. You need to keep your cell phones on at all times. Uh, This wouldn't be a problem if we would just get the psych signal that I asked for. Lassiter is super confused. It would be a light that shines in the sky, which is a silhouette of his hand to head, psychic style. And it would cost the department $200,000. Lassiter's not impressed. Nobody thinks that's a good idea. And Sean thinks it would definitely be awesomer than the bat signal. (laughs) Also, they could cover the cost with one big sale alone. (laughs) Um, Sean's like, also, where are the badges I've requested? Lassiter says, you don't, you don't get them. Only, only cops get badges. And then he asks for something else. Um, fine. Oh, we'll just take guns. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) This was a missed opportunity for a, we don't need no stinking badges. Oh, I don't Am think I... they ever say that in this series, but that would have been perfect. I want to say it has to happen at least once. I hope so. Okay, I'll keep my eyes out for that one. <sighs> Here comes Chief Vic. They might have a missing person case. Sean says, um, May, do we have any leads? Well, just one lead, and it is a foot. Yeah, like the scene literally cuts to a disembodied foot on, like, a morgue table. Chief Vic goes like, hey, I need you to psychically figure out who this belongs to. Sean is dumbstruck. He's staring silently, just aghast at this foot. And Gus tries to peace out, and he goes through a door. And Jules says, does he know that's where they keep the bodies for identification? He will in a minute. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you then, hear like a muffled whimper <laughs> and then uh sean go or then gus goes running out like a little girl 
Yeah, he comes straight back out, walks out the exit door. And so now he's really peaced out. Like, he, he's been trying, but now he's done it. <laughs> Sean says, The lower extremities have intense psychic vibes. This pinky toe, for instance. It's telling me this man went to the market. No, I'm sorry. He stayed home. <laughs> and also something about... Wee, wee, wee and roast beef? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And Lasseter is just like, I told you this was a waste of time. They're out. They're done. But Sean notices something on the foot. He doesn't quite know what it is, but he noticed it. I don't know what it is, at least. And then as we're walking back through SBPD, Jewel says, the foot was found by some hikers near Lake Kachuma. Chief says, um, based on where it was found, we were clearly meant to find it, which means we are dealing with a psycho. Every time this show says the word psycho, I take it as a reference to us, the fans of the is. show. Yeah. <laughs> because by season three, we were using that phrase. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely how I took it. And like, sure. Yeah. Someone who leaves a foot for the police to find is, is kind of a psychotic person. But psycho, it just means me. <laughs> as a fan of the show. <laughs> Chief Fix, like I'm calling it, a possible murder. She says, I can only keep this foot thing quiet for a day or two, so I really need you to get me some results. You're saying that you think this thing might cause quite a stink. And people start leaving because he's making stupid punny jokes. And he's <laughs> the next thing I have written is just like, he makes a heel joke. <laughs> okay, now I just feel like a heel. And then Chief leaves him. And he just that goes, was callous. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, gosh. And then we get our credits. We are outside the Santa Barbara Police Department, and Gus said that his cell phone was literally shocking his leg. It's like, it must have something to do with the battery. No, Gus. Just, just to confess. Just be okay with the fact that you don't well, like dead feet. Sean was like, I like that story. Let's stick with it. Sean starts to discuss the fact that the foot had toe and side marks that were very symmetrical, it, like they were made over time. And Gus posits that it was from some kind of repeated action, possibly like kicking. And this is a, this is a thing that Sean starts to do. He does it repeatedly through at least the first half of this episode, <laughs> where he starts to repeat the things that Gus especially says and take them on as his own idea. And, like, he does recognize that he's doing it and admit to it. So after Gus says kicking, he goes, no, more like kicking. Gus said he could be an athlete, maybe a soccer player. Nah, I'm thinking possibly soccer. <laughs> and he goes, I'm sorry, it helps me think. <laughs> we head inside, and the first thing we see is... A pineapple! It's on a cup of clearly what is meant to be pineapple juice, and it's on Lassiter's desk. That was pretty shocking to me. I was it like, proves definitively that Lassiter is a fan of delicious flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Juliet walks up and looks at what Lassie's doing, and she goes, Googling missing foot, that was your plan? Well, not my only plan. Sean comes in, and he has a rogue foot. Yeah, I just wrote, spectacle. Oh my gosh, what's it saying? Chief walks up and immediately she's on board. She doesn't care what he's doing. She's just like, do you have something? <laughs> when she asks what uh, the foot's saying, he goes, what do you mean besides everybody cut loose? Foot loose. Foot loose. Okay. I, that's been in my head ever since. He keeps referring to it as the big toe smush and like a lot of kicking. <laughs> Julia is like, oh. Um, probably somebody who was kicking with a bare foot, so that wouldn't be a soccer player. Yeah, because we're throwing out a lot of ideas, some of them worse than others. Sean keeps coming back to kangaroo for whatever <laughs> reason, and um, they kind of don't land anywhere. But then Jeff, Chief is like, okay, well, get me something and do it quick. Chief, my middle name is Quick. I changed it from Virtual Grande. Butruscali. Nope. Thank you. I don't know so, what I said, Bertrand Grande. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> Sorry, so, Butrus Butrus Gali was a, uh, a UN person. Um, he was um, 
an Egyptian like politician. Wait, was his name Boutros Boutros Gandhi? Boutros Boutros Gali. Ah. So it was Boutros and then Boutros hyphen Gali. So which comes back? Does it? It does. Okay, so it, it, Sean says his middle name is Quick. He changed it from Boutros Gali. And then in the next scene, um, the boys are holding the sports section, and it has a headline about how Vlad is a holdout. Sean's like, it's this guy. He is the only guy in the NFL who kicks without a shoe on. For the record, my notes say he's the only guy who kicks without a foot. <laughs> I love your notes. Um, we've already gotten some stripes and plaid action. The previous day at the SBPD, we were typically stripes and plaid. Today, we are stripes, and Sean's wearing a very weird pattern on his button-up collared shirt. Sean says he kicks without a shoe, plus he recently had ankle surgery, and there was a scar that he noticed on the foot, and it looked fresh. He had to get ankle surgery because he jumped off Kathy Griffith's Griffith's roof on a dare. Yeah, but Gus still thinks that... What? Here's what my notes say. I need that story. Why did someone dare him? Why was he at Kathy Griffin's Griffiths? I'd like this to be told in the comic book, The Adventures of Psych Man, if at all possible. Ooh. Wouldn't that be a good story to, to talk about in The Adventures of Psych Man? I need Are to there... know why. I need to know Are... what happened. I need to know if there's actually an Adventures of Psych Man comic book. I don't think there is. There needs to be. But yeah. Patent Just that. for... Just for just for nerds like us who want it. <laughs> oh, so the guy's name, his whole name is Vlad Alexovic. He's super Russian. We reference that a ton. True. Um, Gus is Gus, like, what are you going to do? Just walk into a pro football training camp and ask if anyone's missing a foot? Sean says something about the words foolproof and plan come to mind. But Lasseter and Juliet are already there. They ask the boys what they're doing there. And Sean says... He was drawn here by name, kicking around in his head. And wait, wait, wait. Kicking around in his psychic third brain. Again. <laughs> Thank you so much for catching that. Is that a penis joke? Like, what's his second brain? Oh, that might be a penis joke. I, I don't know. I'm, I was, my all capital letters. What's his second brain? <laughs> By my psychic third brain. What the heck? I'm so confused. I love it. I love it. I didn't even I didn't even go that deep. I <laughs> Jules lays out the fact that she knew that he was the only kicker who kicked without a shoe. It fit all the X, Ys, and Zs, and that's why the cops are there. And Sean says, Color me impressed. And purple with a with streak, a streak of magenta. Of magenta. <laughs> Jules also says that she dated Miami Dolphin one summer. And Sean's like, oh, you like those meathead guys, don't you? Yeah, I just wrote your type, question mark. And she's like, you know, I think it's something about that uniform. And then she gets like real like intense for a second and then shakes herself out of it. Gus is like, hey, we'll just ask some questions and see. And Lassie cuts them off and says, nope, the DNA's already been matched. He's our guy. So we find out that it is tryouts day. And that's, you know, everybody's kind of on the scene today. Um, everybody's doing drills and whatnot. And so there's like a lot of people out and about. Sean is calling a play for some reason. Yeah, he like knows the plays. Yeah. I I didn't write it down, but I was like, Sean knows the plays? And then Gus is like, this is so cool. And Sean says, my dad would love this. Too bad he's not currently talking to you, Sean. (laughs) And Gus says, you should have just gone on the camping trip. Sean says, eh, I'll make it up to him this week. I'll, I'll head over for dinner, take him a bag of Big League Chew, watch a couple episodes of The Mentalist. I told you. I told you they start referencing The Mentalist. I No, I agree. Yeah. I, I remember they did that. I just couldn't remember how frequently and when it started. Yeah, it starts here. It keeps going. <laughs> I guess the the writer, so, so Psych piloted before The, the Mentalist. Oh, yeah. And the Psych writers absolutely feel like the mentalist piloted pirated the idea and they are percent. living off of the glory of psych's success well if psych didn't exist castle wouldn't either i mean it's a totally different premise he's an author but that's what gives him insight it's like 
he's a storyteller and he's told this formulaic story so much. But I don't think that Castle could have run if Psyche hadn't walked. Did Castle come on after? Oh, I'm Psych? a thousand percent sure. Because Psyche was early 2000s and Castle. But like that, that's that time of Monk, Psyche, Bones, Castle, the Mentalist. They're all like non-police people with some sort of special ability that helps the police people. Right, like the consultant of it all. Yeah. Um, Castle originally released in 2009, so definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, like, is, no like, shade, is but, like... Monk our patient zero? I think... I think for this era of it, because I think... I mean, Jessica Fletcher came first, and she was a, a, a writer who had the, the, the knack, mm-hmm. but I think... But I think the attention to detail thing, the OCD of it all, it, the monk, and then the psych, and then the mentalist. I think yeah. that's how it went. Okay, that makes sense. But I mean, I just think, like, I guess, I guess Murder, She Wrote is kind of the, the catalyst for Castle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Th- that's my bad. I want to take back everything I said before. But, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, you know, monk and psych first. And I don't think that psych followed along too closely because i think monk was he not a detective before or he like, was he's yeah. former police okay yeah. yeah so there was a little bit of a difference there but that that kind of genre was a really big thing and i watched all those shows oh yeah all of them yeah i mean i've got a wall of them <laughs> <laughs> let's be real uh back to the show uh sean is like just kind of checking out the um the players and he notices a few things I just the, wrote he psychs out on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Number 11 can't throw the ball. Um, one guy is drinking way too much water. Uh, one player is flirting with two women. And uh, player number 22, my notes say maybe has a concussion, but I think he just is feeling kind of blase about playing right now. And then Sean says, this is going to be the coolest case ever. But As Lassie I, isn't a fan of football. Yeah. Lassie is like, I don't get the big deal of all this. It's... Guys in tights and hard hats dancing in the dirt. Are we all surprised that he likes gun sports? No one is surprised, but also not into sports ball representation. I'll take it where I can get it. (laughs) (laughs) They're waiting on the manager, the one and only Sammy Winslow. Coach. Coach Sammy Winslow. (laughs) And uh, Sean is so excited to meet him again because they are, quote, very good friends. You met him once when you were 10. But he was one of the few things that Sean and Henry both loved, along with Asian Slaw and Harry Hamlin. At this point, Juliet is just grinning wildly. Like, she loves knowing this about Sean, I think. She loves talking about the sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) So Winslow's coming down the stairs on a megaphone, shouting at the guys on the field. And then he walks up to Laster and says, well, you're too tall to be an agent. What are you, a shoe rep? They introduce themselves as police, and they're like, "He's like, hey, let's go inside and talk. I don't want one of the reporters to catch this." Um, and and the Sean boy- and Gus do a happy dance. I was like, the happy jumps. <laughs> we get a little um, catch up here. The coach hasn't seen Vlad in a couple of weeks, but he was a holdout as well as a free spirit. He's disappeared during the off season before. We just thought it was more of the same. They kind of explain that, like, you know, they're keeping this under wraps. They want his help doing that but they do need to ask some questions of his players. And he's like visibly upset because he's like something terrible could have happened to him. We don't know all the details. And he's just like, he's, he's just like, I, I should have been more up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in total, so total shock. And just eventually walks outside and is like hands in the air, shaking his head. And then oh, we get a beautiful <laughs> line from Lassiter. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but could you two have been more quiet? Or Did he say could you like two that? have spoken up a little or something like that? I was like, I don't think he turned into Chandler Bing. <laughs> <laughs> could you two have been? No, that was bad. Okay. I'll cut that off. <laughs> um, that's what happens when Sean and Gus are in the presence of their heroes. Yeah. Gus almost fainted when we ran into Ralph Macchio at Del Taco. Big old pen. Not just for this episode, although it does come back. This, yeah, it definitely comes back this episode, but 
it's one of those lovely little pop culture pins that show up magically and pay off later. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, so we're doing some player interviews. Um, first, we get Laster and Jules talking to someone who Juliet calls Mr. Tompkins. And he's like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like, very flirt flirt. And I just wrote that he's kind of like, what's up? Yeah. But um, he's like, Vlad was a bro of mine. And Juliet is like, any information you can give us, super helpful. Please and thanks. I did hear he owed a lot of money to people. And Lester's like, what people? Mm, some bookies, probably. And that he also lost a lot of money trying to start a nightclub, nightclub with some of his cousins. Would those be Russian cousins? What do you think? Okay, so I do want to point out that in my notes, I wrote nightclub K-N-I-G-H-T. Nice. Like a psychopath. Huzzah. <laughs> I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> and we've got Sean on the field <laughs> in a jersey. And he, my captions just say, imitating football call. Because he's, he sounds ridiculous. I don't know what he says. That, I don't know, it was mumbling. And then um, he does a Heisman stance and he pitches the ball to Gus, who also does a Heisman stance. But squeals like Michael Jackson. Jules <laughs> 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 and Laster walk up and they're like, um, we've been working on getting some leads. We actually got one. Do you have anything to show for it? Sean and Gus did find something. It was his cell phone that they happened to find in his locker. You broke into his locker? No, Benji, the locker room attendant, let us in. He's a really big fan of Rent, and I told him that Gus is Tay Diggs, so he gave us these old jerseys. How do I look, Jules? <laughs> like my 10-year-old nephew wearing his Peyton Manning pajamas? Your 11-year-old nephew is ruggedly sexy. It's weird. <laughs> okay, so I've got to put a pin in Rent. For... A while from now. Oh, you're right. Right? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Put a pin in that, everyone. Big old pin. I should um, be, I should, we should actually be taking notes of the things we're putting pins in because some of these things do not come back for a long time. Yeah, but we're going to talk about them when they happen. Yeah, so it's true. fine. Like everyone else can just put a pin in it. Also, I love how often they make fun of people mistaking Gus for other celebrities. Love that. Which is both like a a beautiful a beautiful nod to the like the bias that there is towards black people, quote unquote, all looking the same. And it they they really kind of highlight it in a very humorous way. If you think about it, it's actually kind of deep. Um, but the flip side to that is. It's just a really funny joke that that comes back in the end oh, in a beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful way. So I also want to say <laughs> that a lot of um, celebrities get mistaken for each other because they suffer from boring white person face. Mm, um, fair. My husband cannot tell the difference between Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon. <laughs> so we just call them both Mark Damon or Matt Wahlberg. I like that. And we use it interchangeably. <laughs> I would say that I am that person, but um I, I would say that I'm that person with a lot of people, but not Marky Mark. And only because I call him Marky Mark. Uh, if you asked me his last name without you just saying it, I don't know that I could have told you. Because he's Marky Mark. From Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Also, he had a fitness video. In and a photo shoot in Calvin Klein underwear that was very memorable. Yep. N not that I'm a fan of that particular aesthetic, but it, it's 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 in the public zeitgeist. Like it's, it's an iconic yeah. moment in history. Yes. Oh, Lassie last finds looking, a text. He's looking yeah. through the phone. He's <laughs> like, "Hey, I've got this text. I think it's a threat. It this this whole situation has Russian mob written all over it." He says it screams Russian mob, to which Sean replies, mm, I don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's, it doesn't maybe feel too easy to you. And Lester's like, what do you mean? It's planted? And he's like, Psh, 
I'm going to do actual police work, follow police procedure, get a warrant, and follow up on my actual lead. It's like a very mic drop moment from yeah. the listener. They leave and Sean goes, the answer to what happened to Vlad is not in some Russian bathhouse. <laughs> he said, what did Benji tell us? Only players and personnel are allowed in the locker room or have access to the locker room. And Gus is like, are you suggesting we go undercover? But Sean is like, I suggest we take on aliases and we infiltrate in a way that makes us less noticeable to the people that we want to get close to. And Gus just gives him a death stare. It's time to go undercover. <laughs> uh, so they they walk up to uh, Coach, Winslow. or they're with Coach. I, yeah, I put Winslow's office. Yeah. And uh, he introduces himself officially, and he also introduces his partner, Daquan Smallpox Randolph. But you can call him Gus. <laughs> and Coach blames himself. And we, we kind of got this vibe from him earlier that he's, like, taking on way too much of this responsibility. But he says he knew that Vlad was off the rails and he should have done more. Sean is like, you probably don't remember. I was the kid who told you why you were, like, throwing interceptions. He was like, oh, yeah. He didn't throw a pick the rest of the year. So they reminisce a little bit. And then Sean's like, I really think we can help. I'm getting, like, feeling these dark forces that are coming from the team. And I think if we don't sort them out, other people could get hurt. Sean is trying to prove himself as a psychic, and so he does a major psych out. Oh, and I have the numbers here. So first we have number 47, Bevel, who is not fully recovered from his concussion. Um, and it's more an emotional thing. Like, he's flinching. He's really he's a, scared of getting yeah, hit. He's afraid of being hit. And then we get Fletcher, whose name we get, but we don't get his number, who is worrying a lot about his divorce, and he is not focused on the game and he's the guy who couldn't throw the ball i think you said that was number 11 earlier yes and then number 56 dane he's looking a little heavy but it's just water weight he's actually going to be okay and bollinger he's freaked out he thinks his wife might know about the fact that he's sleeping with the channel five news reporter girl mm -hmm. finally calderwood who is super not cool with his demotion to second team even if he says he is then he looks at the lineup and goes, yes, no, mean, juiced, possibly gay, definitely gay. I want to know who those are. Like, <laughs> Well, Sammy knew because he was like, I mean, I knew about Tommy and I had my suspicions about Brent, but that was pretty <laughs> good. Oh, man. Yeah. Coach is impressed, but he's like, there's going to be a problem. You can't just come in off the street and expect these guys to trust you and like tell you stuff like you're outsiders. They have to think that you belong. Dun, dun, dun. There is a moment where Sammy's like, hey, this is great, but what's in it for you? And the boys are like, we just want to help you, Sammy. And maybe lead the team out of the tunnel in one of the games. Oh, yeah. I didn't write this part done. That's down. never going to happen. Never going to happen. <laughs> Pin. Sammy calls all the kickers. No, coach calls all the kickers? I don't well, know. first, we get a little throwback to Lassiter, who's like, let's get this done. And then Jules. Oh, yeah. So they're back at the stadium. And Jules is like, OK, well, they said the locker room guy should be out here on the field and we just got to find him. And then coach calls for all the kickers to go to the field and all these guys run by. And I just wrote, Jules is ogling all the guys, especially number 99. It's Sean. She's caught ogling, and he's fully reveling in that. Um, oh, and then he tries to be hard. And he goes up to this guy and, like, hits him on the shoulders. <laughs> and then that guy, that's number 89, hits him on the shoulders as well, and he's on the ground. It's so funny. And then um, this guy named Adam is kicking, and Sean's like, Oh, so, you know, Vlad just came up last year and beat you out for the kicking job. And you must have been super salty about that. Adam's like, yeah, well, he's not here and it's my job to win now. So whatevs. 
Also, I've never heard of you. Did they say you're from Tampa? While Sean is talking to him, he is doing the crane kick from the Karate Kid. Oh my god. I didn't write that down, but he totally is. Mm -hmm. And then he says, actually, I was in Tel Aviv, the Israeli arena league. And he's like, I didn't play on the Sabbath, so you probably wouldn't recognize me. (laughs) And then I was out of the game for a little while. I had a couple surgeries, and this elbow is full of ostrich cartilage. (laughs) Coach walks up, and Adam's called over to do, like, a kick on the field. He's up. And Coach talks to Sean, and he's like, um, did I see you giving an ESPN interview earlier? Here are the rules. No interviewing, no kicking, solve the murder. What, no kicking at all? He's like, (laughs) I told the guys that, or the docs, that you had an MCL tear. And, like, you're like, what did he call it? A walk-on invitee non-roster blah 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 so like he's not there to play essentially he's just there to like still look employed is what i gathered i don't know how sports ball works maybe maybe be in like backup rotation until he gets better or whatever oh yeah that makes that that makes sense i don't know another coach walks up he's like the special teams coach he walks up and he's like emilio estevez estevez um it's time for you to kick and Sean corrects him. Apparently his name is Emilio Estevez Estevez. <laughs> this is the callback that I was talking about from Burmese, Burmese Gandhi. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember the name. Butros Butros Gali. Yes. Oh. Because he's Emilio Estevez Estevez. <laughs> Estevez. There's a lot of, there's a lot of jaw involved in that name. There is a lot of jaw in that last part. Um, And... Oh, coach is like, like, uh, if you can't kick, you don't need to be here. So bye. So he's like, so I have no choice. And he's Uh, super stoked. He's like, I get to kick. (laughs) (laughs) At which point he barely makes a 21 yard kick and is so proud of it. Okay. But this is when Gus walks up in his long khaki shorts and this polo. I'm sorry, but it's working. Yeah. It's pretty adorable. I'm making faces because there's nothing I can say to do justice to how adorable I find this outfit on him. Um, and his little visor. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's so cute in yeah, this outfit. Yeah, I just want to hug I him. Can't, I can't get over it. Oh, okay. So um, Gus is like, "Let's stop wasting time." Okay, we need to stop wasting time because Lassie is on this Russian kick, and we only have two days. I don't know why he said he. Only has two days. Oh, because coach or chief said they only have two days. Right. Also, we find out that he is masquerading as a training intern. He has been spending the last couple of hours setting up massage tables. Do you know what happens on those massage tables? Big hairy men get massaged. These <laughs> hands only touch myself. Let me rephrase that. Please stop talking. And no more fist bumps for the rest of the day. Sean's got, Sean's got, like, some, some sass on him. (laughs) So we're at the SVPD. Lassie and Jules have found nothing. And Lassie's like, let's look in this box of locker stuff. Maybe there's something there. And he's like, oh, no, there's nothing. But Juliet finds a ripped up piece of paper that she's kind of puzzling together. And she's like, wait a second, wait a second. Is this gambling stuff? Is this, is this a phone number? They checked the phone number, and it is in his records. They called him twice last week. So they're off to check that guy out. We got a lead. But before the scene ends, the camera zooms in on a keychain that says O-R-W. Arawa. So this comes back. O-R-W. Um, and then we're back to the boys, and Gus says... Everybody's talking about Vlad. No one liked him. He either... Owed them money, tried to sleep with their wives, wives, or called them out in the press. Matt Tompkins, he was a friend of Vlad, right? He's got one of those warrior towels, too. Which, this might be something from, like, a deleted scene, because we've never seen mention of a warrior's towel before, or that mm-hmm. they found one, or whatever. But apparently, it's something that they recognize as belonging to Vlad. We find out that the warriors are the craziest guys on the team. It's also Vince Garner and Drew Shacker. And Sean's like, ah, oh, man, now you have to find a way to get close to these guys. 
that doesn't involve a lobotomy or showering with strange men with volcano nipples. Uh, What what? the (laughs) heck is a volcano nipple? I mean, is it just like perpetual THO? I have no idea. I don't know what a volcano nipple is. In my brain, it's a nipple that protrudes and then concaves in. Oh, weird. I just think, like, it's constantly pointy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Vince and Drew and Matt are walking into a room, and they're chit-chatting and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, Sean erupts in a full wetsuit out of one of these, like, hot tub-looking things. The guys are, like, really scared, like, really startled. And he's like, sorry, bros. Have you guys ever seen Altered States? I totally just got back from being a monkey. Why did I think that would land? So Altered States is a movie from 1980 and involves John Hurt and, like, medical experiments and altered reality and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, they didn't get that reference. And he's acting cray-cray. Um, Mark? Or he notices that Matt has a mark on his wrist and has an ORW keychain, like the one we saw with Vlad. And then we make... Oh, he introduces himself as Emilio Estevez Estevez. And then one of the guy goes, like, the actor? And he's like, you're thinking of Charlie Sheen. Actually, you're probably not thinking of anything at all. Okay. For anyone not in the know, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are both sons of Martin Sheen. And, like, they look kind of different from each other, but if you look at either one of them next to Martin Sheen, they look like his son. Like, it's insane. So it's just, like, blah, blah, blah. I just wrote Sean making fun of meatheads, and these guys start spouting the same Russian lies. They're just like, oh, no, the rumor is totally that he owed money to these Russians, and that must be the trouble he got himself into. But then Drew pulls his ankle out of the hot tub and he's got this mark on his ankle that looks an awfully similar to whatever was on Vlad's foot. And he's a, it's like, it kind of looks like it's on his calf a little bit and he's itching. Yeah. And then Sean's like, okay, bros, gotta go. And he hops out of the hot tub and he has on flippers. Then I have Jules and Lassie at the address linked to the phone number they found. Which was it- a laundromat. Yes. And there are shelf photos. Vlad is on the shelf. So is Ralph Macchio. (laughs) And Andy Berman and Sean as Chad from the telenovela episode. So Andy Berman was in the speed dating episode as the Uh guy talking about losing toes or something. Yeah, he was the awkward guy. And he's a writer or something on the show, right? For the show. Yep. Okay, and then Sean is Chad, and Laster is like, um, why do you have that photo? And she goes, I love Chad. I plan to have his baby. They ask about the picture of Vlad. As they're asking about him, this guy comes in, hears it, and runs away. But there's a full chase scene, and Juliet cuts him off in the back. I wrote, Juliet with the interception. <laughs> uh, very good. They're in interrogation. His name is Sergei Vangif. Happy you said that. <laughs> Lassie's kind of putting the screws to him, saying, Ah, I see your visa is up next month. It's gonna suck being sent back to St. Petersburg. Or oh no, he can't go back. He and his girl are about to start a fish store. They have a bathtub full of koi. <laughs> Lassie's like, You're the secret bookie that Vlad owed money to. And he's like, The guy's telling the truth. He's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I placed some bets for him. He owed me some money. I called him because he's my friend just to, like, touch base about getting my my money because, like, you know, I need it. And honestly, I was like, this guy seems nice. (laughs) He doesn't seem super hard. He just wants to open the aquarium. And he he was running the bets because he was going to use the money to buy a fountain for the fish store. A little child spitting water. (laughs) Um, Besides, he says that Vlad's old girlfriend introduced them. They were actually... We're back at the field and Gus is (laughs) not giving a player... A massage. He's using the hovering technique. I Okay, so before he said, I'm using the hovering technique that I was taught by some monks in Cambodia, I literally wrote, Gus doing Reiki. <laughs> Just like energy healing. <laughs> yeah. Bro can feel it. Uh, so 
Gus asks him to close his eyes very tight, mostly because Gus saw Sean, and to focus on the energy, and then puts a heat lamp on him. Yeah, he he puts the lampstand facing over the guy, and he's like, I can totally feel it! Can you do my glutes? Oh no, he said, can you do the buttock? Buttocks. He said buttocks. Oh. Which I just want to say because I think buttocks is a funny word. Buttocks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sean and Gus hook up and Sean's wearing stripes. I wrote question mark. Um, Sean asks Gus, what can you tell me about poison oak? Um, pretty much everything. It is found only on the Pacific coast, usually near a body of fresh water. Also, does he call it the three leaf devil? Yeah. Okay. I didn't write it down, but I thought I remembered that. Sean's like, all right, got it. I think I know where the body is. And it all comes down to calamine lotion. Oh, so they head over to Lake Kachuma and dun, dun, dun. The body has already been found. Like the cops are already there. Lassie's like, oh, so, um, yeah, we already figured it out. We pulled the body out over an hour ago. He's like, you are super late to the party, Spencer. And Sean is, like, gobsmacked. And Lassie's so excited about it. And Sean... No witty retort? No reference to some obscure 80 film? Sean mumbles something about him being stupid. And Lassie goes, what was that? He goes, something about Night of the Comet. Shut up. Just forget it. (laughs) They go to the body... Chief Vic wants this to be the top priority. Oh, also, Jules said that they found it because they got a tip about the old um, Vlad's old girlfriend having a cabin at the lake. And then they checked his credit cards and it was used at a gas station off of Highway 154. And the gas station guy was a witness who saw Vlad getting into a car with other men. And Lester's like, it's the Russians. I know it. Sean psychs out super hard and he's like, wrist marks, uh, tight, or, well, no, no, no. He doesn't say that. He psychs right. out hard and on the wrist marks that Vlad's body and Matt Tompkins both had, also on some tire tracks and a keychain. He remembers that ORW keychain. Yeah. And he's like, there's something going on here. But Juliet, um, but, but instead of worrying about what's going on, he hits on Juliet. Like, it's a shame you didn't see me get my kick at practice. Um, Jules kind of ignores all of this, but she gives him, like, this little, like, pass badge thingy. It's really like, silly looking, but it's written. cute. It it's reminds adorable. me of the, the fake press pass I made myself in high school when I was pretending to be a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was perfect. Uh, they also gave one of those to the peanut guy, but at least his said detective. Oh, Sean is like, hey, Chief Vic, do not release that we found the body. And she's um, give me like, one incredulous. Day. Yeah, he asked for one day. He says, I'm super sure it's not the Russians. Um, I just need a day to prove it. I and know then- it down in my I know it down in my psychic loins that the <laughs> Russian angle is completely wrong. <laughs> there it is. And then um, as a parting shot, he goes, Lassiter, your haircut is worse than Joyce Hauser's in just one of the guys. And Thank you, and good night. Gus is like, oh! <laughs> and there's a fist bump. It's so good. Um, I loved that movie. I did too. Yeah. I don't think it holds up <laughs> to any kind of scrutiny. I would wonder, I would, like to, I would like to watch it again and see if it holds up or if it's just like, oh. But yeah, no, I did too. Okay, Henry's not picking up the phone. They're at the stadium. It's way past curfew, and if Sean gets caught, he's going to get cut from the team. Yeah, it's 10 p.m., which means that Sean is three hours late for his dinner he was supposed to have with his dad, and they're past curfew because apparently they have one as trainees or something. Yeah. Uh, Sean's like, listen, the answer is with the team. The Warriors lied about being friends with Vlad, and Drew referred to him in the past tense when we were talking about him. And I wrote that the boys are matching the walls because they are wearing blue and yellow. Oh. And then um, Sean says we have to be careful because anyone could be involved. And then they open a door and they are ambushed by a bunch of masked men. 
who then put uh, hoods over their heads and take them to what uh, Sean, with his masked head, or with his hooded head, believes is the top of the stadium. Psychic. Uh. Uh. So, one of the guys is like, you are at the top of the stadium. You must jump or be pushed. You have five seconds. And then Matt and Vent show up and they're like, guys, grow up. If anyone finds out that you're hazing people, you could, like, lose your contracts. I forget the guy who Gus was supposed to be massaging Mm -hmm. and who's, um, like, one of these hazers. But he's a character actor. You'll know him from stuff if you see him. Oh, yeah. I went and looked at his IMDb because I thought he was the same guy as the guy from the um, Little Boy Cat episode. He's not, by the way. But they look very, very similar. Yeah, no, no. But yeah, real. he has a crazy IMDb list. Oh, he goes, sorry about that, guys. Beer? <laughs> he's, and they're like, what, what are you talking about? The contracts? And he's like, yeah, you guys don't have to worry because you don't have guaranteed contracts. But they're super strict about, like, rules and stuff. So don't tell anybody about this, okay? Um, immediately, Sean is like, we need to talk to Sammy, who was, of course, who this guy told him not to tell. Uh, But we know that Sammy works late, so they go find him. We knock on Henry's door. And Henry opens it and he's like, Sean, you are super not welcome here right now. You're not the person that I want to see. Sean's like, hey, do you still have that Thunderbirds football from when I was a kid? What? What are you Maybe in the attic? What the heck? What are you talking about? I want him to sign it. And out steps Sammy. Such a good moment. So (laughs) then we see... The guy's on the porch, and Sammy and Henry are playing catch with the game ball, and Sammy is complimenting Henry on his mean steak. Because apparently that's all Henry eats. I want to say that it's, like, a special occasion, and he was just like, this is the special occasion, (laughs) making steak at 10 p.m. That's right. Um, Oh, Henry said, I used to sit in that very room and he points to the living room and he's like, and watch every game with Sean in this very house. And then he says, you're really letting Sean talk you into this crazy plan. And coach is like, well, you gotta admit, he's got a, he's got a way of phrasing things. I mean, he could either be genius or full of it, right? Maybe he's a little of both, said Henry. Maybe he's actually psychic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Henry goes in the house saying he's going to get some more beers and Coach is talking to Sean, and Sean asks him flat out, like, what would you do if some guys were hazing some other guys? Sammy was like, "Mm, probably nothing before, but last year I put behavioral clauses in everybody's contract because too many of the guys were getting in trouble on the field or off the field. Um, If they get caught being dumb he has the right to catch them or to cut them. Yeah. For any of that nonsense, because they were getting arrested, they were drinking, getting caught, like doing like all kinds of crazy stuff. And the coaches just said that like, he was going to retire after this year, but like with the way things stands, he feel like he, he can't because like his legacy will be like forgotten so easily on this note. You know, the only thing that can keep these guys in line is the fear, the fear of losing their money. And Sean said, I think we should put that fear to work for us. We're back to the Thunderdome! We're there having a notepad practice, and uh, Sammy is giving an interview. He kind of walks away without telling the press anything big about, like, the kicker, because they're all avoiding the subject. Yes. And then... The, the team decided that they were going to move on move on with practice, even though Vlad was missing. Yeah, they were like, we you kind of talked about it. We decided that, like, this was the best move for all involved. Um, and then the coach tells Sean that he's like really trusting him. He says he, he like, you know, you're not just holding like my career in your hands. You're holding my legacy in your hands. Sean's like, dude, I got this. And then he notices that a couple of the warriors, um, I think it's Matt and Drew are fighting. And he told Gus that um, he thinks that they're fighting because the pressure is getting to them. But Gus is in his street clothes. Sean asks him where his John Stockton shorts are. John Stockton was a basketball player. Oh. So apparently he wore the long shorts. Nice. Gus says he just got off the phone with Juliet. 
And Chief says that Vlad was not murdered. Say that again, but this time with a Jamaican accent. He said, Vlad the murder. <laughs> and I can't do it. I'm really sorry I just did that. You did so, so much better than I would have, so I'm happy you did. He goes on a little bit, but basically, we go back and Jules is saying, like, the coroner said that his injuries were more consistent with a vehicular accident. But Sean says there's no indication of, like, glass breakage or glass damage to the, the, the skin or the body. Yeah, no cuts, no shards of glass. Jules says, good catch. I'm really glad I called you. Are you sure you didn't call me so you could see me in my uniform? Because I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror earlier and I was like, what? I didn't know they made pads an extra small. Gus kind of brings them back to, to the moment because they start to kind of get into it. And Sean's like, hey, listen. Whose keys are these? Oh, um... The keys have the O-R-W keychain on them. Sean originally saw this keychain on, like, Matt's person when he was, like, putting them down so they could, like, hot tub or whatever. Juliet, like, tells him that these are from Vlad's stuff in his locker room. So they're Vlad's keys. And so he starts, like, spitballing what O-R-W could mean. Old Republican... Walruses. No, that doesn't make any sense. Everyone knows walruses are libertarians. <laughs> I don't know what else we throw out there, but we finally get to off-road warriors. Like ATVs. Okay, but also like road warriors. Oh. <laughs> Those do not have any windshields, which would explain why there were no cuts or shards of glass. And uh, Sean looks at the text from the Russians, and he's like, something seems off. Because the text was five hours after the death. According Why the would you report. send a text message five hours after you killed somebody? Maybe if you're putting together a cover-up. Dun, dun, dun! So, back at the Thunderdome, we're going to check the lockers. And Gus says, oh no, looks like someone beat us to it. And Sean says, that's none of their lockers. And Gus is confused and he says, that one's mine. And hanging from it is his SPPD little paper badge. In come the warriors. And they like, I know you're working with the cops. What the hell, dude? Like, I just wrote confrontation. Um, Sean's like, look, I think it's clear that I may not be a player, but I do crush a lot. What? Really? Nothing? <laughs> Gus got it. But no one else did. <laughs> and he tells them that he was psychic and he can currently hear something coming out of Vlad's old locker. Um, He's in a dark space. Oh, also, Drew Stacker at one point was like, I'm tired of you messing with us. Everybody's like broing out super hard right now. Sean said that Vlad knows it was an accident and kind of gives them the rundown. They went ATVing. They were drinking. He got in a crash with Matt. And one of them goes, but he wasn't wearing his helmet. Yeah, I think it was Vince. He was like, Vlad wasn't wearing his helmet. Also, there was a Yakov Smirnov reference, like, right before this. <laughs> he, he was a Ukrainian comedian. It's whatever. It's an accent joke. Um, <laughs> but Sean also says, yeah, the foot was ripped clean off. The emergency cord gave you guys both burns when you were thrown from your vehicles on the wrists. You guys covered it up because of these behavioral clauses in your contracts. The warriors are like, we're in too deep now. We've got to do something about it. I wrote smallpox wrapping up the wrap up. Yeah. Gus finishes up the wrap up. And uh, that's what Sean says. Oh, Sean goes, smallpox wrapping up the wrap up. And Gus goes, what? And Sean goes, putting a bow on it. And then Gus starts to go, the pox may be small, but he's. And then Matt's just like, that's it. We can't let you guys go. You know too much. Blah. We find out that uh, Sean's got a plan because he goes, seriously, seriously. Here's what I think we should do, guys. Gus, run. And he flips a table and starts running with Gus out the room. They're running through the stadium. And they're headed to the press box because there's a phone there. And nobody is behind them. I just kept going, nobody's behind them. Nobody's chasing them. Why aren't these, like, super fit guys chasing them? And then we get to the top and... <laughs> Apparently, these fit guys took the elevator and cut the boys off. So we're in the press box. Sean's still doing the wrap up here. He's like, 
you guys came up with a great cover-up and you gave the cops everything they wanted to see. But that text, that was where you messed up. It was, it was overkill. Matt goes, we're not just losing our contracts, we're headed to jail. <laughs> Sean says, oh, come on, jail's not so bad. Haven't you seen Stir Crazy? I bet they'll let you ride the bulls. <laughs> they still don't get it. It's a Richard Pryor movie. It's a crime not to get it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Coach arrives and the guys are caught and they're like, but Coach, you don't understand and blah, blah, blah. And Coach is like, or, or they start to leverage the fact that like three of his starters are going to be not only kicked off the team, but, like, arrested. It's like, you you, you have no chance of a winning season like Can't this. win without us. And he's like, maybe not. You're probably right, but that doesn't matter. Wait, he says important? you're probably right, and then Sean's like, what? 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 But that yeah. doesn't matter. And he's like, you know, I, I kind of lost sight of everything, but at the end of the day, the game is what's most important, and, like, the integrity of the game. And they're like, guess we just got to take you out, too. And then we hear, I think it's Juliet, scream, stick them up or something like that. Yeah, like they're surrounded. Like the police are coming in the press box. Jules and Lassiter are standing below it, watching the whole thing unfold. And Sean's like, you didn't think I'd be here without backup. I'm not stupid. Sammy is so proud of them and is like, hey, if there's anything that I can do. And Sean said, well, it seems like you might need a few more people for your starting lineup. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Never going to happen. Back in the Thunderdome. Back in the tunnels. Sammy's talking to Henry. Yeah, I told you he's a perceptive little pain in the butt, but he's also persistent. It's opening night. It's the open. It's the season opener game. Out comes the team. And uh, Sean is in full pads, full uniform, hyping up the team. <laughs> I mean... And he looks at he looks at Sammy and Sammy goes, Are you ready? Ready to lead him out, son? Um, Sean does all this like Thunderbirds! This is our time. This is our house. This is our game. Football! I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write any of it down. It's very rah-rah. Yeah. But in the background, we get the start of Queens. We, we are, are the, the champions. champions. It is very end of Mighty Ducks. It yes. is very, like, it's rousing. It's such a beautiful moment. And so... If, if you don't watch any any else of this episode, which I recommend you watch the entire thing because it's really good. Oh, absolutely. But if you don't watch anything else, watch this scene. It's beautiful and hilarious and it pushes the plot along and it's wonderful. Sean runs off taking the guys with him. And then we see Gus and Juliet walking down a different part of, like, the tunnels. And Jules is like, why am I here again? Why am I here on my day off? And Gus is like, um, just trust me. And then... He goes that. And he, he points, and there is Sean. And he waves at Juliet and runs out of the tunnel. She's so giddy. To witness this. <laughs> she's like full she, like, blush. Like, oh my gosh. trying to check herself, but... Whew. But the <laughs> episode actually ends on Henry, where Henry is just smiling. He's such a proud papa moment. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. It's It's really beautiful. And I don't know if Henry's smiling because, like, this is one of those things that they bonded over. And he loves to see his son... Not only, like, do this thing that they bonded over, but also, you know, get get his way. He won. He he was the champion in this situation. And he, like, saved the integrity of the game. Which was his biggest thing and Sammy's biggest thing the entire time. I love it so much. This is, like, this is why sports ball movies work. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's just a good episode. Like, Everything about this episode is solid. It doesn't, it doesn't drag. It has no moments of like, that didn't age well. It's just good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think, I don't think there are any misses on this one. We could have used a little bit of buzz, Mm -hmm. but, but we'll, we'll take the episode as is because it it did, it did everything else right. (laughs) Yeah. It, and then those moments with Lassiter like oh i love it also i love that the the pineapple was on lassie's desk this time because the pineapple was on chief Vic's desk last last episode 
Oh, yeah. And like very early on in the series, we got the um, Buzz delivering the, the pineapple smoothies. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we are getting really, really close to the end of season three. Ooh, three episodes, is it not? I think it's oh my gosh, two or three. Guys. We've got we got places to go. Oh. I'm excited. Everyone get ready. Get ready. I am Alexis. O'Hara, write this down. Make a note of the date and time that I, Carlton Lasseter, actually shut down Sean Spencer's cavernous pie hole. <laughs> not carnivorous pie hole, which is what I said earlier. And I'm Kaylee. That's right. It's real. Feel free to drink it in. And this has been... To the Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs>